dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions i'm in your house again has every i think that might we might be making that into like a recurring thing yeah so is this ow ah uh, (laughs) damn it So this is the first time that we have set up at a smaller table. Yes. It'll be the last time. (laughs) See, we're learning stuff. Um, So why are you here in my house? Uh, I'm here to uh, visit my in-laws and be a a dutiful husband. Don't lie about any of that. I'm here to play Streets of Rage. Thank you. Streets of Rage 2. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Um, (laughs) That's actually not that... Was was there a lot of street fighting in... in, Breaking Boogie 2, Electric Boogaloo? Yeah. I... (laughs) <laughs> a little bummed that I knew the name of that title like that fast. Whoops! Just uh, revealed something about myself I did not mean to. I mean the movie that I watched last. I mean like years ago. Uh, I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, yes, definitely. Um, I'm definitely no Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Yes, Boogie Nights had a lot of like violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Streets of Rage Two uh, is the game we played, and we I don't think we've done a great job of reserving obvious two-player games for when we could actually play together we're like we got like a c plus average doing okay yeah um so we got to play this one in you know solo Mm -hmm. and as a couple Mm -hmm. you know like a romantic couple as a duet yes yes yeah like a a tango yeah a beautiful pas de deux yes um i call the beautiful part (laughs) (laughs) um this game came out in 92 uh, there's a month and a day in there somewhere, I'm sure, but somehow only the year was at hand. So, 92. Uh, uh, what's your experience with this game? Um, this is one that I think one of my friends owned, but that definitely I, I played a little bit of. I think that this was one that one of my friends owned and that um, whenever he'd say, hey, honestly, do you want to play Streets of Rage or Streets of Rage 2? I would say, why don't we just play Turtles in Time? Oh, you know, and <laughs> and again, it wasn't because Turtles in Time was an inherently better game. It was because <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just because I mean, I love Ninja Turtles. You didn't yeah. love Ninja Turtles, so it's like, wh- which would you rather play a two D, you know, a, a side scrolling beat 'em up, or the exact same game, but you're the Ninja Turtles? It's like, well, that one. So Ninja Turtles, please. I feel like uh, Street Fighter Mortal Kombat had a similar thing mm. where if you liked the characters in street fighter right like if you wanted to be ken or ryu like that was the fighting game you wanted to play right even though if you know anything about fighting games they handle completely differently they're yes. totally different games but, <laughs> but like they they got kind of like a brand loyalty mm-hmm. and beat-em-ups are generic right yeah. it's like beat-em-ups i feel like every time there's a parody video game there's like a better than 50 50 that it's a beat em up. Like there's a Jay and silent Bob video game yeah. and it's a beat em up, right? It's just, just how they do things. Yeah. So th- this feels like that is like, mm-hmm. Oh, do you, do you want to play any beat em up or do you want to play turtles in time? And it's like, like well, mm-hmm. yeah, turtles in time. Yeah. Um, I also generally gravitated towards turtles in time, <laughs> uh, but my neighbor friend, like 
at that one friend that we were close enough in age to play video games together and he lived basically right across the street. So it was like, oh, I can go play a two player game with him at pretty much any moment. And it was like Mutant League Hockey was another one we played. We've had that in our backlog for ages. Mutant um, League Hockey. Right. But that's a game like you don't play that game alone. Didn't right? we get into argument as to whether that was a TV show as well? And it, I believe it also was. Yes, it was yeah. both. And and that's what it was, was that the IMDB had didn't have a conclusion date on it. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and we were freaking out. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like is it is it still on? So sorry, that just yeah. all came screaming back to me. Go on. Yeah. Well, it's a scary thought that maybe out there they're on like season forty two of Yulikagi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so th- this was that was a friend that him and I, like all of our video gaming was this kind of game. He didn't play RPGs. He didn't really like city builders or some of the other like Sim City kind of games that I played. Uh, but we played sports games, right? NBA Jam. I played over at his house. Mm. Streets of Rage. I played over at his house. Like that was just what we did. So playing this game single player for this review, it's not the only time I've ever played it single player, but it's one of the very few, one of the very few. So that was kind of like, oh, huh. I've, I've been playing this game for 20 years and I've like sort of never played this game alone. I've always had a shepherd. Well, I, I would definitely argue that generally brawlers, beat ups, things like that are meant to be played at least two player, if not four player, you know, because that's kind of kind of the whole point, you know, is Ooh, quick, quick uh, philosophical question. So there's like mario party rock band um like the kind of games that are no really play these with other people they're mm-hmm. they're essentially digital board games C- community is one of the core aesthetics yes um brawlers kind of started that mm-hmm. you think when you think about like people in an arcade mm-hmm. like if i'm playing centipede or whatever you may be standing there like cheering me on or waiting you know i got next but if we are at a cabinet together we're probably playing a brawler right if we're fighting we're playing like mortal Kombat or right. street fighter but if we're doing something collaboratively in an arcade it's probably this yeah yeah i would definitely say so i think that that would be statistically accurate yeah it wasn't really until later that they had like the you know your um like time splitters right you're yeah. si- side by side with zombies and zombies sh- yeah. shooters yeah it's also a good game but anyway <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be another interesting but hard one to do yeah we well, i think go we, to a barcade we tried that one time but we couldn't find the cabinet yeah it's weird yeah well no because i i do remember though that when we were trying to find the cabinet we couldn't find that one but we did find a different one where we put four like a, a life into four different guns so was that jurassic park yeah maybe yeah and, yeah. and i remember like we had to cock the shotguns by like <laughs> pushing them really hard yeah yeah that was yeah, great the, there was some serious uh 80s 80s action <laughs> fantasy going on in the yeah. arcade no i mean like we, we burned through money super <laughs> fast it was 100 worth it yeah you know, every once in a while you're like okay i got 15 dollars. yep i'm gonna just set it on fire for the story yeah yeah no, I, I would definitely say that i got more playing the game for five minutes that way than 10 minutes the right way yeah agreed um so we got a shell yeah, do it. Uh, so uh, we not only did I play this game on stream, uh, but we played this game. Yeah. on stream. So if you ever want proof that we actually play these games, you can check it out on Twitch. Uh, we are both on the Twitters. You can find all the scrap in the show notes. Uh, there's a feedback form on the website. So if you want to do something like recommend a game, like say, no, really go out of your way to find time splitters. Uh, you, you could do that by requesting it. 
Um, if you want to go the extra mile, you can do something nice like leaving us a rating and review, helps other people find the show, tell a friend, make them, you know, actually sit them down, put the headphones in their ears, you know, force them, force mm-hmm. them. Yes. Um, and if you really want to go crazy, then you can actually give us money. And if you are a patron, all levels of our patrons get the after show, which is some bonus content that comes out almost every episode. We're not batting a thousand, but we're batting like 900. Yeah. Pretty, we're, pretty we're, we're pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, more show, uh, and that's for all levels. And then if you back at high enough levels, you can get your name shouted out. And so we want to thank our 8-bit classics, Yarno, Wielder of the Knife, John, Stabber with the Kunai, and Kevin, Basher with the Pipe, <laughs> and our 16-bit heroes, Jacob, the Katana Slicer, David, Thrower of Arcade Cabinets, <laughs> and Michael, Max. <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah pretty happy with that one (laughs) uh okay so we're gonna talk about the visuals yeah uh i i really liked the visuals on in this game like visuals for the sake of visuals it was very lovingly crafted um it 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 looks you know it's all kind of 16-bit sprites um max who was the one i played the most literally looks like a 16-bit hulk very lovingly rendered just the wrong color just just the wrong color (laughs) um but one of the things I was I was thinking about is that this game is ninety. It's pixel art, and it has a '90s like punk rock aesthetic, which is different than the '90s grunge aesthetic that we've been seeing so far. When we said like it looks like a '90s game, like it does, but this doesn't look like Rocco's Modern Life. You know, this looks more like the uh, you know what '90s uh, you know kind of like grunge culture. It it, it feels know? to me almost like. Uh, like aging hippies, but for 80s stuff. Yeah. Big hair, big men, you know, busty women in short skirts. Like mm-hmm. it's it's that, but you can tell it's not from 1984, right? right? It's not from 1988. It's like, oh, we, we've actually left the 80s, and this is like the holdover stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it is, it is closer to, to the late 80s. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Fifth Element, you know? Yeah, I could feel that. Which, well, which ha- even though it's in the future, it has that kind of like dirty eighties, right? Yeah. You know, with like the mohawks and you know the, the not too distant future. The and and the kind of theming of um, corporation corrupt corporations because the Mister X they don't. I mean, he's like a he, gang leader. Yeah, he's a gangster. Yeah, he is. But I mean, they don't really establish whether or not he's also the head, like a Lex Luthor situation. You know where? Yeah. It's the difference between grunge and cyberpunk. Yeah. Like these are believable punks. They don't have shotguns inside their false arms. Mm -hmm. They don't have connections to the, you know, fledgling internet, (laughs) right? It's all, it's all possible ish. Yeah. (laughs) But it's very dirty, grungy, punky. Yeah. I was going to say it's, I think you hit it with it's, it's punk, you know, it's not like grunge, you know, it's, it's, but yeah. So it, it, it hit me where I was like, yeah, this is like, late 80s early 90s but not what you think of when you think of like earthworm gym or any of those games this is uh kind of its own thing but i think that it holds very well to that aesthetic you know it doesn't break from it it does and it's i think part of what makes it feel like it's coming a little bit later is that they've started to gently move away from some of the tropes of the 80s the men are big and beefy but max is the exception right Mm -hmm. not every guy looks like arnold schwarzenegger from conan the barbarian right Right. not every woman is 
hype. They're sexualized. They're not hypersexualized. Like it's not way over the top. It's just over the top. Right. Right. So it's, it's starting to not, I guess tone it down maybe is the right kind of term, but there's also like a little more diversity. Like not everyone is just a straight white guy or a straight white woman. Like there's uh, one of the players is I'm going to, I want to say he's probably Latino because the luchador Mm. sort of aesthetic Um, skate is black. Uh, There's villains that are are different um, ethnicities. So like you see that was less true in the eighties, right? (laughs) There was more like we saw more diversity kind of creeping in in the nineties. So it's, it's the, well, so have you ever heard the phrase "growing the beard"? No. Oh, so um, and for for obviously for our <laughs> listeners as well. Um, so you've heard of jumping the shark, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's in a, a reference to uh, in Happy Days when the fawn. Yeah. You, you, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yeah. So when the fawns <laughs> jump the shark, right? Yeah, yeah. So the opposite of that is called growing the beard, which is a reference to Riker. Yes. 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 That's amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. So, um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say though that this is, you know, kind of video games growing the beard, but I say it's like they're growing the stubble, you know? Yeah. Where it's like they're starting to get to the point where they said, what if not every woman was in a micro bikini? What if not every man looked like the Hulk? You know, what, what if some of these people looked kind of like normal people? What, 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 what if that, you know? And so they still have some incredible over the top stereotypes, but there's less of them and not every person is one of them. You know? Trending in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not there, but it's, it's going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah agreed. And, and the, the punk aesthetic helps remind you that this is actually a product of its time mm-hmm. because a lot of movies, TV shows, video games, stuff like they will make something that looks just like this today and then be like, Oh, but it's see, it's like an '80s throwback, and it's like, no, you don't get to just say that. So it's okay to put that woman in a chainmail bikini, like right. It in the '80s, it wasn't even okay. So you definitely can't pretend now, right? But because this is very, you know, Mohawks and Thunderdome and everything, like it, it helps remind you, like, oh, this is actually a product of its time, with all of the bad things that come along with that. It's kind of like a a student that you know is getting C's, and you're like, man, why why are you getting C's? It's like, well, they were failing the course. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so it's like, well, all right, that's good. But, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, you have an A student that suddenly is like, oh, I'm flunking tests on purpose, you know, like, isn't that? F-? It's like, no, you were passing the test and then you deliberately started failing the test. Like, that's different. Yeah, so l- Less cool than you think. Um, I want to specifically shout out two things that just leapt off the screen at me. Uh, one is I accidentally paused during Max's like rushing super mm-hmm. move where he does the the like shoulder bash i guess and yes. then like a little tumble at the end um that may be my favorite animation in the entire game <laughs> because not not only is that move really useful yeah but it's got this awesome blur like smearing effect on it so it looks like he's going a thousand miles an hour especially because he's so big so it's yes. just like he's you know approaching light speed so everything starts to blur he does the cool little tumble at the end and it's just it's so well drawn it feels so heavy and powerful which it is like it's a big heavy powerful move um especially when you realize you could like chain link multiple yeah it was weird yeah but but it's like it it feels just the way it looks like when when blaze uh she has like a little back what you call like a somersault kick yeah just like a a backflip kind of kick thing um and her foot 
because it's further further away from her body like there's a little smearing effect on there and it just it feels like super light and she just like whoosh and does a little flip and it's like super cool and i just i love that they lean into those cartoony because i mean if you if you pause at the wrong time some of them is just like what (laughs) why why is their foot so giant right and it's it's a little silly but it's meant to be seen in motion and so it it conveys this great sense of like momentum and because it is moving constantly right there's just million enemies on screen just crap flying everywhere all the time like you just don't really get to ever stare at one thing and say like oh i'm going to critique every pixel in this those kind of smears and stuff help direct your attention around because you're like motion is happening Mm -hmm. right I, i see okay i did what i wanted to do or this guy is doing something you know this enemy is coming at me super fast and i just i love those little like cartoony smears and i know it's not uncommon in video games for them to do that but whenever they don't i feel like it's a missed opportunity like you you have the art like the pixels smear like like you know ink in a a looney tunes cartoon like do do it do it smear it you look awesome um you you kind of touched on it a little bit but uh the because sometimes we do this in visuals um the the hitbox uh i feel was you know very fair in the sense that i it was rare that i you know was in the right plane of something threw a hit and i was like oh no i totally hit that um, you pointed out the fact that um, I was generally playing as Mask Max, who had the lowest possible speed, which, <laughs> yeah, he did. which to your point, I think also does make the hits feel heavier because he's moving slower. So that just it's like, oh, it's so big. But um, there were times when definitely I started to throw a punch and another enemy threw a punch, and um, they they were just faster, so they just hit me first. But that didn't feel unfair. Uh, but one of the interesting things is that. Not only are there hitboxes on your fists, which you would anticipate, but there's also hitboxes on other parts of the attack, which feels awesome. You know, for for Max, it's his elbow. I think for Blaze, it was her kind of knee as well as uh, as well as heel. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, like, so literally at one point. And it makes sense, like like Max wound up to punch a dude in front of him in the face, and somebody was walking up behind me, so I elbowed that dude <laughs> in the face and then punched the the other person. So I think that the cool thing about that is that because there are multiple places that will register a hit on you, they then animated the characters such that um, at least at one point, generally when you're attacking, you will throw a hit to somebody that's behind you, you know, which is awesome mechanically because then it makes it less likely, not impossible, but less likely for you to just get ganged up on and then beaten to death. Like in, I don't know, golden axe, right? For for example, for example, but I mean, remember in golden axe, like there were plenty of times where just a person was on each side of you. You would be attacking the person in front of you and then a person would walk up behind you and then they would both beat you to death, you know, but because of the way that they animated all of the attacks and the fact that your punch is not the only thing that hurts people, uh, makes it so that way you do have some 360 range. Um, plus, and you know, your ultimate attack generally specifically clears everyone around you, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a a, a space space maker. Yeah. So, so they, they kind of went out of their way with the way the attacks were animated and the way the hitbox play into that make sure that you never really felt that you lost half of your health or an entire life just because you got set in a bad situation. Well, and they, they even take that mechanic and sort of tune it to the individual characters sort of fighting style, mm-hmm. right? Cause when, when Max punches, 
like his his starting like if you're just standing there punching the air so he's not <laughs> doing a combo yeah it's like a hammering chop yes right so it's like uh thor like banging his fist on the table demanding another beer yeah, to me it's it's, it's kind of like the thing where in in tv shows and stuff where like they hit them on the head and it shows them waist deep in the soil you know <laughs> yes it's, exa- <laughs> it's exactly that it's hit bonk. And, and he's large enough to like for that to be a possibility yeah right uh, Blaze uh, does a lot. She punches, but she does a lot of kicking. Um, Axel is more like your generic kind of brawler, boxer. You know, he's he's kicking, but he's mostly throwing heavy punches. So when someone is behind you as Axel, you can like kind of backfist them. And it's it's the same. It, it's mechanically, it's the same thing. It's so that people can't gang up on you. Mm-hmm. But they animate it in a way that makes sense for his build and his reach and his fighting style. Ditto for Blaze. Ditto for Skate. Right. So like everyone can escape the oh god I'm being pinned down situation. And I think Max might be the only one who just sort of does it because of his size, right. which is cool and appropriate, right? It's like, you don't have to specifically say, I'm going to hit the guy behind me. Just you moving as Max <laughs> causes problems for anyone who's too close to you, which it feels like without going like way too far into mechanics. Like it, it feels like the visuals of those animations help to support like, Oh, your play style may be better suited to this character or that character or the other. And we're going to reinforce that this is happening differently by animating it all very, very differently. And I, I also think to kind of your point as well, not only do each of the pro tags have a uh, a different fighting style, but there are a, a, a lot of different enemies in this. And there is some pet palette swapping, you know, like there's, uh, you know, weekend dominatrix and then weekday Domin- weekday dominatrix yeah. and then, and then uh, holiday 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 yeah. dominatrix. Right. You know, three different palette swaps for, yeah. for that particular character. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's also, um, you know, there are, uh, Muay Thai fighters, there are boxers, there are, um, you know, Kung Fu experts, you know, and, and each of them robots, there are, (laughs) there are robots, which uh, to your, to your point, you know, the, all of the bosses eventually become just people that you meet and fight and literally you fight two robots. And then the next stage, the very first enemy you fight as a random enemy is a robot. It's like, oh, come on. It's like he just went and put on a fake mustache. <laughs> he was like, "No, I am new enemy robot." <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so I, I I like that as well because again, it, it kind of helps the game from getting too stale because you're not just fighting hundreds of foot soldiers, you know. Like you you're you know it's oh you know this person you know fights like a Muay Thai boxer, and I think that there could be some in this. And I apologize if this is uh, uh, blind of me, but there could be some, you know, tangential learning there, right? Because if all of a sudden you're like, what's that guy, you know? And, and so, oh, because of the clothes. Because and, of the clothes, yeah, right? The posture. The posture, the way that they're holding themselves. And it's like, oh, well, you know, that person is, you know, a Kung Fu expert. What's Kung Fu? What's, you know, what's Muay Thai? What's, you know, um, flamethrower baseball dude style, you know? That that one seems like it's hard on the heart because <laughs> you have to, you have to be really big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you, you got to commit to the, it's, it's like a, uh, like sumo, you yeah. know, yeah. you just got to commit. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed those variations, not only visually, but the fact that they then pinned diff- the way they move and fight is different. Well, and I think in the early days of nostalgia goggles, we both justifiably were pretty hard on palette swapping. Mm-hmm. And as, time has gone on i think my 
understanding of the utility of palette swapping has started to kind of refine a little bit mm-hmm. and brawlers may be the place where palette swapping is the most meaningful because I need to know this guy is the stupid jetpack guy and he's going to move and attack exactly the same way every time. It yep. doesn't matter what his colors are, right? It doesn't matter which dominatrix doesn't matter which, uh, fire breathing baseball fan do baseball. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter which, you know, colors they are. I just know they're going to move and behave in this certain way. And when there is so much crap on the screen, so much, especially, so we, we played through the whole game on easy. Mm-hmm. We finished it as a, as a couple, like a boss. That's right. And then we played through as much as we could on hard. And I think we got very what, hard, like, Oh, very hard. Yeah. Uh, we got like halfway ish. I mean, I, I think so, I got halfway. I think you got like 60%. Yeah. Not, not, very very far but far enough that even at that halfway mark like the screen just flooded with it oh yeah just stuff everywhere so many dudes <laughs> which to be fair one of the things that the observations we kind of made towards the end was uh you know it's like okay so th- your objective is to save this dude right and we were like okay so and enemies per screen 10 screens per stage eight stages we killed probably between 800 and a thousand people to save this one guy, you know? Yeah. Uneasy. If you beat the the game two player on very hard, thousands of corpses in your wake, but you would know all their attack patterns because of that useful palette swapping. You would, at that point you would literally be killing tons of people, not figuratively. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I think palette swapping is lazy when it doesn't usefully serve times like, time pressure mechanics like this so generally speaking don't just take don't just take your white fluffy clouds and make them green and call them bushes like i I get it it was the nintendo mario was doing the best with what they had right but now ish days right from like the 16-bit era on palette swapping is mechanically meaningful and i can respect that like it helps me very immediately identify okay this is what this character is going to vaguely behave like um, but if it's just like we we drew one enemy and we have them in nine colors, it's like, no. Well, I think that um, I agree with you. And I think to your point is, is that I think initially when we started out, we were like palette swapping's bad with some exceptions. And now I'm more like palette swapping is good with some exceptions, you know. Um, but one of the most notable exceptions, I think, is uh, ways to and this is tangential to this game because this game does not do that. But uh, when palette swapping is used as ways to cheaply extend Skinner boxes, by which I mean, right, is if you're playing an RPG, right, and you're like, I'm level one and fighting a level one jelly. Well, now I'm level 50 and I'm fighting a level 50 jelly. Well, it can't just be green. That would feel the same. So I colored it blue and now purple and now red. And it's like, oh, well, now it's level 50. It, again, behaves the same way. Everything about it's the same, but they're they're tricking you into thinking that you're making progress when literally you're doing the exact same thing that you were doing at level one. They've just tricked you into wasting a ton of your time. That I think is um, in like not humane gameplay. And so that's where I'm like, now I'm more like, Oh, well, you know, like to your point, right. Is when you're trying to process a ton of information, you're like, I can kind of ignore some of the colors. The colors help it feel a little bit more like it's a world because there is weekday dominatrix and weekend dominatrix. It's not like they're just a sea of all of these twins that all dress the same. Cause then that wouldn't feel like a 
street brawler would feel like a weird clone factory, right? Yeah, if there's a bunch yeah. of punks, they should all have mohawks maybe and, and knives, but they're not clones. It's right. like, I'm not fighting the clone army. <laughs> exactly. So that, that kind of helps the game. But then also, too, like you said, based off of their silhouette, you can immediately set, assess what actions need to be taken in order to uh, make optimal decisions. Um, but in an RPG, uh, it's it's being used to, to keep you in a Skinner box, you yeah. know? So uh, again, I think initially... Most of our experience with palette swapping was with RPGs that we noticed. And so we were like, palette swapping sucks. Now it's like, actually, we were just experiencing the the bad palette swapping. Yeah. Um, the bosses are as varied, I think, as the environments. This game does a weird thing with environments where um, they change a lot. Like mm-hmm. you, you might walk only the length of two or three screens before it kind of like fades to black and fades back in and you're in, you know, the next room or the next space or something like you, you move a lot. <laughs> and I don't know if I, I honestly don't know if that's like common to brawlers. Cause this isn't like my main genre, but it felt like, wow, you're, you feel like you, the player and you, the character are progressing from point A to point B, which is like fighting your way through the city mm-hmm. up to, you know, Mr. X's hideout, I guess, um, at the top of a building. Anyway, but like it, it, it felt very, it felt varied. Uh, there's a lot of different spaces. You go through a, a theme park, which is obviously based on Disneyland in California because the castle in the background is the castle in Disneyland in California. <laughs> no question. Um, there's like a baseball stadium where you do baseball, there's the terrifying, like, I guess it's supposed to be like a haunted house sort of thing with the alien head. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the underground, like, which is all kind of like a, you know, looks like the danger room, right? Metal panels and lights all over the walls. There's the office building. Crap it. Like a million. You go on a pirate ship million, at one point. Like billion. Things. Yeah. There's, there's so many different like environments and each environment has multiple little sections you go through. And the stage itself has like multiple, you know, areas before you get to the boss where you actually clear that stage. So it's just, they didn't have, you could just walk down one grungy alley for eight stages and probably nobody would have complained. Right. So this feels like the kind of art direction where they were like, yeah, but, but that'd be boring and suck. So let's, let's not be boring let's and suck. Not phone it in. There's one observation that you made. Um, and I've got some throwaway notes, um, that I think was amazingly salient. That I want to make sure that we touch on, which is that, um, as far as the core gameplay loop, right, is that you enter into an area, that area is then frozen, you then beat all of the bad guys in that area, you then move on to the next area, right? But there are some times when, like, you're on an elevator going down, or up and sideways, or whatever, that in no way changes the gameplay loop, but literally because the animation in the background shows you going down, it feels different, you know? So as opposed to moving to the right, and now there are more bad guys, you basically stay still, and now there are more bad guys, you know, so it doesn't really change the gameplay in any way, but it feels 110% different. And that's awesome. That was your observation. I just stole. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think what's cool about that is it, it, it feels visually different. It also creates a, for me, a sensation of these are like the scary claustrophobic levels because, yeah. Oh, I'm trapped in the elevator. Or we're going up on this like weird mechanical lift and I'm trapped on the weird mechanical lift and enemies are just falling from the sky. Right. Uh, in, um, in the weird mist horror house thing. I don't know what the hell to call that where, <laughs> yep. where there's like mist all over the ground. Um, some of the enemies seem to rise up from the ground, but really they're just like lying in wait, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, 
it enemy there are there aren't enemies and then there are enemies right. and every single screen in the entire game has that and it's like sometimes they come from down sometimes they come from up most of the time they come from left and right but just changing up those animations completely changes the, the feel yeah the whole feeling of that room even though if you just blacked out the background entirely every stage would play identically yes and i just i love that it's almost like an optical illusion like oh we can change the way the player feels about Mm -hmm. like oh no this is the claustrophobic stage where enemies just keep coming it's like enemies always just keep coming i mean that's the game it's it's basically like the equivalent of restaurants that put a, a like a chest height mirror you know along one of the walls like literally one point i'm like this restaurant is huge oh no it's really small but it just feels bigger it feels about twice as big right you know it's is that kind of stuff um i've got some throwaway notes unless there's something big you want to tackle uh the only other thing about the visuals that i wanted to uh dive in on just because i i called it out sort of a second ago is the the enemies start to get a little samey just mm-hmm. because their quantity of bodies they're throwing at you is so high that you start to see the same enemies a lot uh the bosses are quite varied mm-hmm. uh, they're all super unique and interesting they fight differently than the regular enemies and then they quickly become regular enemies, and that helps to thin out the endless sea of Donovans mm-hmm. that you have for like the first couple levels. Like it, the the length of the game is well suited to the quantity of visuals. Yes, right around the time you would start to be like, it's just a million Donovans. <laughs> what? What the hell, Donovan? <laughs> yeah, right. Right around the time you would start to be really annoyed by that, the game ends. Yeah. So there's it the the amount of palette swapping and the amount of variety in regular enemies and then bosses and then bosses turn into regular enemies um is is like it's a perfect little fit yep. and, and i thought like wow that must be tough to balance like dude can we not keep drawing more art assets this is very <laughs> time consuming and expensive like we need enough and no more than that yes um so uh yeah so just a couple of throwaway weapons uh throw <laughs> no throwaway weapons that's it, it will, yeah um so Enemies have a big telegraph for big weapons, um, like when they're swinging the pipe and stuff, but you don't, and that's super awesome. And the the thing that I think is kind of cool about that is that it's the antithesis of what happens a lot of times in games, which is when an enemy's using a cool weapon, and th- it's like the most amazing power staff of ultimate creation, and then you get it, and it's like a plus one staff, and you're like, <laughs> what the hell, game? You know, so it's the opposite of that. The weapons are more functional in your hands, which, uh, which I th- thought was kind of cool. Um, uh, baddies have different names but not always you know so I, I think they're color consistent yeah so like blue pants is always donovan but like orange pants is martin or whatever yeah so i i was like oh hey they've got different names a lot of donovans a lot of donovans a lot of donovans <laughs> um uh max so max the the enemies can one of the the things that can happen is you can get suplexed and you can suplex um Watching Max get suplexed by a 99-pound waif in jeans was hilarious. It is funny. Because I was like, man, that guy has glutes for days. He just picked <laughs> up this 500-pound dude and just slung him over his shoulder like it was nothing. And we'll get into um, uh, the each other's body slams uh, in mechanics. Um, and then the the one final one that I had, which is um, the, the enemy's hit plane is slightly larger than our hit plane. I'm fucking sure of it. Uh, I don't want to discuss that because I don't think I have any real legs to stand on. I can't prove it. I just, it's what I feel and my feelings are right and valid and I don't want to talk about it anymore. That's fair. 
Um, <laughs> I want to tack one thing on to not the last thing you said. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Nothing more to say on that. So the the fact that the enemies move a little bit differently uh, with their weapons, I think, I think what may be happening is when they swing the weapon, their wind-up frame mm-hmm. pauses longer. Yes. And I think that that may also be happening just on regular punches. For the the player characters, yeah. this is like the one place where they really obviously phoned in the visuals. There may be other places where they phoned them in. This is the only one that felt obvious is you hold the weapons, like the sprite is just in front of the hand that kind <laughs> of that's holding it. So uh, for most weapons, because there's, what do we decide? There's four. There's yeah. the knife and the kunai and then the pipe and the sword. I mean, I think I had six here when we introduced our patrons but oh crap what were the other two uh arcade cabinets and max oh okay yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. yeah but 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 the canonized ones yeah, yes well, there are four well played uh, <laughs> i never figured how to pick up max <laughs> i think that you did as blade well, several well, times learn how to you did throw max around like a weapon a couple of times that's true yeah uh, see he's okay, a weapon fair <laughs> uh, but so you you hold the weapon in like whatever your idol posture is and then you swing it with whatever you are striking animation is and probably eight out of ten times that's fine and then the other two it looks so silly (laughs) but the nice like shorthand thing that the animators get out of that is they don't have to draw weapon holding animations or weapon swinging animations probably for the heroes or the enemies Mm -hmm. it's probably just put this sprite there and extend the hitbox right which i'm I'm fine with yeah. like, for the amount of effort they put into other animations. Like I get it. You gotta, yeah. you can't ever, not everything can be that lovingly crafted, but it, every once in a while it makes for some very silly looking, especially in Max's hands. Yes. Cause he's just such a brute. The, the, I thought I was only throwing those one, one other one that you made me think of with the um, animations is uh, this is in stage one. And it just absolutely tickled me when I finally realized it, which is that there are enemies wielding pipes. They come out of the sewer and literally the sewer uh manhole cover just opens and they vault straight up pipe over their head like 20 feet directly out of the sewer yeah i mean the from ground level they're easily four plus feet in the air plus they had to jump out of the sewer so even if they were on the ladder yeah they're still jumping six seven feet yeah so lats for days because i imagine that they're on the ladder and then they just Oh, and vault up. They, yeah, and they just pull themselves <laughs> up and, like, didn't have the pipe over their head. So Unsheathe the pipe. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, just kudos to these guys for, you know, and then immediately beaten to death by Max and Blaze, you know? So, I want to I know their story. Like, how, how many, like, like, how many squats did they do? What kind of juice did they drink? I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I imagined it as their standing Mm. And they jump up and like headbutt the manhole cover out. Mm. And the thing is, I'm not sure which one of those is more ridiculous. <laughs> like, like, like vaulting yourself seven feet in the air or jumping 15 feet in the yeah. air are both pretty absurd. Yes. But anyways, I wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. And that is honestly, that that's maybe one of the silliest. Yeah. Anime, because there's, there's a couple of bosses that are like, super super powered right they're 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 crouching tiger hidden dragon levels of flippies and jumpies and speed and stuff but 
those are like normal enemies and that's just the way they enter the screen. Yeah. So that that's probably the only thing that it's just like, eh, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> how weird. That's not how physics works. You silly sewer dwellers. Um, audio. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, every song in this game is a banger. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about this series is if you go on to the internet, don't tell anybody I told you this, but if you go on to the internet and you find people talking about the soundtrack from this series, because we played the second one, there are now four of these, right? Three on the Mega Drive and then one on uh, modern consoles that came out like a couple of years ago. Uh, the, there's some serious tribalism going around about which game had the best soundtrack. And I, I think that's kind of awesome. Right. Because nobody ever says, no, that game has a terrible soundtrack. This game has a good soundtrack. It's, I love the soundtrack to Streets of Rage 2. And it's like, well, my favorite is Streets of Rage 1. And somebody else comes in like, I really think that like, you know, level four from Streets of Rage 3 is the best one in the whole series, right? It's, it's just this like love fest. Yeah. Not tearing each other down, just trying to build their team up more. And it, it's like, that's fantastic for the music. The sound effects are so bog standard. It's shocking. Yes. But, but the... The music is just every track is so good. And I actually, while I was looking up, because uh, I have like reference visuals up while we um, while we record, uh, <laughs> I found out that uh, they released the soundtrack to at least Streets of Rage 2, maybe to other installments in the series on vinyl. Really? <laughs> yeah, like a limited run. That's that's amazing. Right? Yeah, no, that's good. But that that sums up. How do people feel about the soundtrack to this game? Well, they did a limited run of it on vinyl. So there it is. Now, actually, um, I saw a great meme a while back where it said uh, it was just two people like arguing. And the person said, the best Zelda game is the one that came out when I was 12. And they said, <laughs> no, the best Zelda game is the one that came out when I was 12. Right. So I feel like that, that that may be some of the the consternation with like the Streets of Rage, rage. I mean, it's not rage, you know, but the Streets of Rage battle where it's like, well, which which one do you have the most nostalgia for? Because they're all amazing, right? All, all of the songs are awesome. So if there's, it, it then becomes a a point of preference, and I think that there is, and this is a little philosophical, which I'm using to pad the fact that I don't really have too many audio notes. <laughs> Um, but I think that there is something tacitly different between, and we've had this argument with countless people of saying like, there are two things. I like thing A better than thing B. That's fine. That's an opinion, right? And you're allowed to have an opinion, right? For, but to say like, thing A is good and thing B is bad. There are some things that you can objectively say about a thing to say like, for example, a movie. There are things that a movie can do storytelling wise that therefore makes it a well-told story. You can hate the story. You just hate, hate anything about it, right? You can you just not like it, right? All that's fine. For example, uh, when I was, um, uh, this was, I, I am now enjoying this thing, but for years, I just I didn't like Hamilton. I just didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. You Sorry. know, and people were like, but you like rap. Mm-hmm. And you love musicals. Yeah. And you like history. Yep. And you hate Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. Don't get it. Like, and, people, and then people would argue with me saying like, well, but it has this. I'm like, I, it's good. I agree with you completely. It's it's great. I'm weird. Like, don't, you know, so um, so it's nice to see people saying, like, your thing is good and my thing is good. My thing's better. And it's like, yeah, but now it's fun, you know, as opposed to I'm trying to disenfranchise you. Yeah, it's it's when it's all about here's why I think my thing is the best. Yeah. Th- those always seem more wholesome as arguments. 
Well, and also, too, I think that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, too. So here's why I think my thing is the best, not here's why I think your thing is the worst. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I don't I don't have to win by everyone else failing. I'm mm-hmm. trying to win on like this is the Olympics. Yeah. We're all great. Yes. But I just want to get the gold. Yeah. Not not. I'm an Olympic runner and you are a bunch of kindergartners. And, <laughs> and so you will lose, not I will win. Yeah. Um, and and this, this is weird that they, I don't know if they lucked into uh, the, the soundtrack being so good. I don't know how different the labor is for uh, like music composition versus like the Foley sound, sound effects kind of stuff. But these sound effects <laughs> left, left like no impression on me. Nah. So the the one thing I will say for them, and this always sounds like a dig and it's really not is it's a brawler. So just like a shoot 'em up in a beat 'em up, there are certain noises you hear infinity billion times yep. and none of those noises are offensive. Yes. None of the punching or getting hit noises. None of the, uh, the, the weapon pokey stabby noises make kind of like a sort of noise. Like none of those, oh man i really i would pay money for the 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 stabby knife to make that noise especially the one kindergartner guy that just kind of (laughs) runs at you if hits (laughs) (laughs) that would be incredible that's a a rom hack worth doing (laughs) but yeah there's just there's nothing offensive about them which is a win right it is a win because you hear the sounds so much and not just like oh you hear them many times it's you hear them constantly perpetually the the fact that you can even hear the music is kind of a miracle so it's just the the fact that they're inoffensive is more or less a win uh the exception and it's just unfortunate a lot of games from this time have this problem but the one that stands out in my mind Mm -hmm. is when a a female enemy dies when when one of the Oh my God! Are the the dominatrix ladies are they the only no. women enemies? No, they're not. I, I I I'm so sure. God, I really don't want that to be true. No, because I remember when we made mention of the the female death sound, it was not fighting them. Okay. We were we were in a different area. Okay, that, uh, I can't I can't think of who yeah. died. Yeah, please don't have a single woman in. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so when, however many there are, when they go down, their scream is like, if you're sitting in front of this game and somehow you didn't know, am I playing this on the Genesis or my, oh, you know, like you played it on the Switch, right? Mm -hmm. So you have like a Sega Classics, you Mm -hmm. played it on the Switch. And so you might be looking at your Switch in your hands and be like, was this originally on the Super Nintendo? And then you hear that grindy. Yep screechy glass shattering nails on a chalkboard woman's screaming noise. And you're like Genesis yeah. <laughs> like that I, just so immediately nails it as this, this noise was generated by the sound chip in a second. Genesis. Yes. No, agreed completely. Um, the one, the one thing though, that I will say even positively about that, which is, um, you know, cause this game inherently draws comparisons to golden ax, um, which is just a atrocious game. <laughs> um awful uh i mean like i actually have reverse nostalgia goggles for it because i loved it and it was like the third it was the first bad game deeply bad game that we reviewed yes you know because we did super mario world then sonic then that game and i was like well great to have a floor so all that being said is i think it's the exact same noise that the women made when they died in uh golden axe genesis 
would make sense. But it was not as offensive because it comparatively has a much lower volume compared to everything else. Mm. So in the in Golden Axe, if a sound effects made a noise at like a level five and the music was as a five, then the screech was at a five, right? For this one, if everything's at a five, their screech is at like a three or a two. So it's still the exact same noise, but because it's not as loud, it doesn't jolt your soul out of your eyes every time you hear it. That's, and because it is mostly men punching out other men, uh, you do hear it less, mm-hmm. right? Which is helpful. And I, I think... Oh, no. There may only be women because i think it was blaze i think it was i think you died yeah yeah i think you might darn it (laughs) yeah i I think the and there's only i think three color combinations of the the dominatrix and it's a bummer that the only woman in there is the sexualized one yes yeah yeah i mean not that blaze is you know in a pants suit no but but still that the only only female enemy is is highly sexualized well Bummer. And, yeah. I, so, yeah. Anyway, we let's not relitigate because, <laughs> but I think it's, uh, you're right. They do tone it down a little bit, which helps mm-hmm. because that, that at least shows awareness that, cause imagine if it was like a, like tires screeching before like a car crash, like, well, the Sega Genesis can only produce, sorry, the master system can only, or me- mega drive, the mega drive, the master system was the previous one. <laughs> get it together the mega drive the genesis <laughs> can only produce you know so many sounds in so many ranges so like tires screeching may sound like a woman screaming right um but someone had the awareness to be like but it doesn't have to be at volume yeah. 11 right like we can tone it down a little and then it's still screechy but it's like less uh, yeah. right uh that's all i've got for audio yeah i i really um I've said this so many times recently, but it just, it consistently bums me out when I'm like passable work, audio engineers, yep. great job composers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Cause then you just feel like these are probably not the same people, right? Like the character designers and the animators are probably not the same people. So if you said the animations are great, but the character designs suck, like you're, you're not saying I like some of your work, but I just like some of your work. Like we're probably sliding an entire team at the company. Actually, I will say one other thing for uh, uh, audio in service of mechanics, which is that uh, you, whenever you hit somebody, it makes the thwack, you hit them noise, um, which means that, and it does, and there's a visual cue as well. But if you are hitting somebody who is not on screen, that helps, you know? Mm, True. So it's nice that, that, that even if they're off screen, it will still a register a hit B sound effects let you know there's a hit and C put their health bar up on the screen to let you know yes you you are making contact with the person or more often no you're not you are swinging perpetually at nothing yeah. whiff 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 whiff, yep. whiff. Um, I'm actually going to use that thing you just reminded me of as our segue into controls and mechanics nice because you, you just reminded me that uh, when we were playing uh, co-opular uh, I noticed that the health bar of your opponent doesn't just show up on screen, which is nice. It shows up underneath your health bar, Mm -hmm. meaning not underneath my health bar. So I know like if we're both fighting Donovan, like I know you, your Donovan is almost dead and my Donovan still has half health. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I thought that that was kind of neat. But the thing that actually made me notice it is a few times, not a bunch of times, but a few times we successfully pinned like a boss because the boss characters are almost always larger. Yes. In fact, I think they're exclusively larger. I don't think any of the bosses are the size of like the normal street punks. 
Oh, yeah. No, not size of normal street punks. Max is larger than well, many of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so the, the bosses are all giant, which means they're large enough that we can hit them without being at risk of hitting each other. Mm-hmm. And then you see the health bar for that enemy under both of our health bars because yeah. we are fighting the same enemy at the exact same moment. And I was just like, this is... It's super subtle, and it's not like I'm staring at it and like counting down the seconds until the enemy's defeated. Sometimes, but <laughs> but I just thought I was like, oh, that's very. It's a thoughtful touch, and with so much going on on screen, with a bajillion enemies, with you and I both running around, with crap, people flying in, dropping in, shooting out of manhole covers, and popping up out of the mist and stuff. Like anything to help you, the player, feel like you have your bearings mm-hmm. is worth having because it just helps you feel like you have your bearings even if it doesn't actually change the way you behave at all it might just make you feel like i know what's going on yes no agreed and actually you uh hit on one of the things that i want to talk about because honestly initially i would have said this is annoying as hell and i hate it but man it made playing the game so much fun friendly fire is super on in this game super on yeah and uh we we found that out in a hilarious way which was that uh Max went up to Blaze and lovingly hugged her from behind. And and we were like, what's going on? I was like, oh, man, maybe there's like a super move we're going to do together. And I suplexed you into the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you if you stop on the grab like frame of animation and it's the two player characters, it because I had the exact same thought. Yeah. I was like, are there twin moves? But no. Uh, Nope. Just pounding people into the ground. Um, but one of the things that, so initially, right when we realized that we were like, oh God, and then immediately kind of split up. And a part of me was worried that I'm like, well, now we're just going to be playing two different games, you know, I'm like, that's not going to be as much fun. Uh, but the game really does kind of force you perpetually to be near one another and kind of cognizant of that. And, uh, and man, it, there was definitely some generic hilarity that ensued from, you know, uh, like, I remember at one point, I mean, at one point it was really awesome where the boss had, like, a sliver of health left, and they were wailing on you, so I, like, bull rushed through you, hit you, but then also hit the bad guy, and you're like, yes, worth it, you know? 100% worth it. Yeah, so stuff like that, um, again, just really made it the gameplay more enjoyable, and it made it feel more real, because otherwise it would have just felt very gamey to, you know, be swinging wild kind of all over the place it's like no if there's if you are fighting with a friend against a whole bunch of people you kind of need to know where you're both at because if you you can in real life friendly fire <laughs> is on you know well and i i said the way i immediately imagined it once we were like oh fr- friendly fire is a thing is it kind of has to be yeah because otherwise what we would do is go to the, you know, scroll the screen to where baddies started spawning and then stand back to back on top, like layer our sprites on top of each other yep. and then just punch in opposite directions. So people are coming toward us and just instantly dropping. Right. Yeah. And you can't do that because like Max has his big wine back and blaze has her big circle kick. So like you can't be that close to each other. And it does even on very hard. I don't remember having too many moments where I was like, oh, this crappy friendly fire mechanic just cost us the win, right? right? It was either harmless but realistic and felt like, oh, okay, this is, it's kind of cool that this is in here. Um, 
or it was hilarious, like on very easy where shenanigans would ensue occasionally. And then yeah. it's like, yeah, no, I mean, neutral to hilarious. I'm pretty much always going to vote for that. Oh, yeah. Like like at one point you picked up the pipe. Like we both went to pick up the pipe at the same time. You picked it up. So then I punched you in the face <laughs> and took the pipe. And I was like, and so my reaction wasn't to be contrite or apologetic. I said, my pipe. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like stuff like that. It's it's, it's, it's great. Um one of the things we kind of touched on before the different animations, but, uh, and it's just kind of a throwaway. I just want to make sure I, I toss it in there is, um, the different players are remarkably different. Like not only oh, are yes. their animations different, but I mean, you know, and you kind of said it's a three star system, right? So one star is the lowest stat a person can have. And three stars is the highest and it matters. Um, but the cool thing about that is that, uh, it then, again, reinforces the fact that the community is one of the core aesthetics of this game because uh, it really behooves you to not play as two maxes. You want to have a max in the blaze or a max in an axle or a max in a, in a skater. Skate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> His last name is Ur. <laughs> yeah. It's it being formal. Yeah. Table for Ur, skate? Yeah. Um, notice how max was always like, you always need a max and a. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that being said, is that, you know, when I was playing single player through, there were some some bosses in particular where I was like, this guy is intolerable. But then most of the time I'm, I'd say, Lions, take care of this guy because you're faster, you know? So it, uh, yeah, it really behooves you to be playing with a friend and to be playing as two separate characters. Well, and I'm, I've started to notice that uh, the skill of coordination is something that breaks down really quick in a game that isn't well designed for coordination. So for example, uh, and I'm, I'm really not trying to start a fight here, but you like the new super Mario brothers franchise. You, <laughs> no, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. What, what were you saying? <laughs> you like the new super Mario brothers franchise and I don't care for it. Um, a big part of the reason I don't care for it is because I always felt like there was nonsense happening mm. that communication was not able to fix. Like no amount of myself and the other player are talking about what we're going to do when we're going to do it. We're trying to stay far apart. There were still times where it's like, thank you for knocking me into that pit. <laughs> thank you for throwing me into that pit. Thank you for jumping off of me. So I fell into that pit, like, and in both directions, right? It's not like, oh, I must suck because this is always happening to me. Like, I was also unintentionally murdering player two. Unintentionally. Unin- well, <laughs> but, but I mean, but this is the thing is I I just, like, it's, it's fine that you like that game and I don't, but that to me is it's Achilles heel is it is a game that is supposedly designed for friends. That is not fun with friends. As far as I'm concerned, like Mario party, like Mario party <laughs> supposedly designed for friends and is just random. Bullshit. So you have way too much of that in some games. And then you have a game like streets of rage or street fighter or some of the mortal combats where it really feels like they thought about it. They thought this game is obviously meant for two friends at the arcade cabinet for two friends sitting on the bedroom floor, you know, six inches away from the television. Like that's how this is meant to be done that we have to nail that. Like I would almost accept saying like, Oh, this, this game or brawlers in general aren't very fun single player. And maybe you think they are, maybe you don't like for me, it's only about two player. Mm-hmm. Like the single player mode in this game is like kind of the way people talk about the single player in um, versus games. Well, I was thinking in like Halo, right? Mm. Or like Counter-Strike. 
Like, yeah, they have campaigns. It's not what anybody goes there for. Right. I, I can't imagine someone saying, I love playing brawlers single player and also hate playing them two player. Like, it, I mean, I'm sure those people exist. And I mean, whatever, you know, but for every seat, but like so weird to somehow take something that was designed. It's a seesaw, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, I like to just sit on the seesaw and then just jump as high as I can and then smash into the ground ass first. And I'm like, really? I mean, okay, okay. But like that, you know, two, two people. No. Okay. No, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to go play streets of rage. I guess. Yeah, whatever works for you. You know, the, the, the game again, uh, community is definitely a core aesthetic for this game. Um, the, uh, you, so there, there are four difficulty levels. Um, very easy. Easy. It's just easy. Is it? Flat um, no <laughs> max bet <laughs> so okay so it's easy and then very hard yeah is that it so easy normal hard very hard yes okay yeah i think i think um you may, you may be correct uh i i did somehow only the extremes so right no because I, I believe that it's it's theoretically kind of supposed to be like um you know nightmare mode in doom you know mm. where it's like there's easy medium and hard and then very hard where it's like okay you you did it on hard on very hard it's like we're we're, you probably most people won't be able to beat this yeah an ocean of fists are coming at you yeah no definitely uh not a one punch man situation more like a a a thousand more like an e-honda you know (laughs) thousand hand slap uh so um so that being said is that the difficulty does scale but not as much as we thought it was going to, you know, I mean, easy, we were able to pretty much walk through it. But again, on the most extreme difficulty one, even though there was a million people around, we made it pretty far, you know, and 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 neither of us were, I would say, really bringing our A game, you know, like, no, <laughs> we weren't, we weren't, you know, it was, it was late, we were tired and punchy, you know, like, it wasn't like, you know, we were sitting there. We were leaning back on the couch, not sitting forward on the couch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We were shoulders away from the TV, not shoulders into the TV. Yeah. But I think, I think there is a little bit more baddies when there's two people. Yes. And I think how hard you hit slash how much health they have that changes as the difficulties go up. Definitely their health goes up. Cause I remember yeah. why like yield sign, whatever, one of the throwaway <laughs> bad guys, yeah. his, um, his health bar went from a little bit larger than Donovan's to almost our health bars. I was like, Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you, you also hit harder or hit less hard and they have more health, right? So it, yeah. it's, it, you know, whatever the difficulty curve is, but it doesn't feel insurmountable right like when you finish the game on whatever the lowest difficulty setting is you could then very reasonably say i'm going to move up to the next difficulty setting mm-hmm. or oh i i've been you know maining axel and now i want to main max so like i'm gonna go down a difficulty setting because i have to play with a character who has like a different kind of move set and and you know behaves a little differently and that's i appreciate that because i'm i'm usually a a normal and down mm-hmm. player like I just started Uncharted Four. I know it's not brand new, but like it's new to me. So uh, there's like Explorer, which is like you have to jump off a cliff to die mode, mm-hmm. and the story is what makes that game that game. So like a lot of people, that's what they want. Yeah, right. They don't want death defying shootouts. They want the story, and that's a mode catered to that. But then there's also the hardest difficulty, which I believe is literally called crushing. 
so so you know some people are like no i want to every bullet should kill me i want to earn every victory and it's like that that's also fine i'm not that person so the fact that to me all of the like easy doesn't feel like such a cakewalk that it's not any fun and very hard or whatever it is doesn't feel so difficult that it's like how could anyone ever do this like that's for me personally, me, the individual player saying all of the difficulty modes in this are interesting and possibly worth playing, especially for a game that's not terribly long. And so part of the replay value is going up in difficulty, playing with characters that you don't like the way they handle as much, right? Like doing things that make the experience harder and that's still feeling like it's worth doing. So that's nice. Do you want to kind of touch on the uh, controls and button combinations a little bit? Yeah, I hate them. Uh, (laughs) So... What I think is weird about the controls, okay, I don't know, maybe maybe you grew up in like the lap of luxury. Maybe all of your video game consoles had two controllers, even if it didn't ship with two controllers. <laughs> but to me, the kids who had the specialty controllers, yeah. those were the ones who had just like, whoa, so much money. I had one specialty controller actually for the Genesis. And I remember it distinctly because it, it had... um three little uh like kind of radio buttons on like there was a a, an on off button it was was like a turbo controller yeah so you could turn it on to on if you're like if you press the button it's hitting the button as fast as possible and then also just on all the way you know yeah uh repeat hold repeat and then auto fire yeah yeah and uh yeah it was awesome yeah that was my controller we my brother technically had uh the super nintendo version of that and it was one of those things where like I'm sure he didn't lord this over me like a meth dealer, (laughs) but I I remember, like, I feel like I have these memories of going to him and being like, please, sir, can I, can I play with the cool controller? Right. Um, but we did, you know, that was our one weird novelty controller. I had friends and and some of my cousins who had like the track and field pad for the NES, right. People who had like the NES zapper and then on the super Nintendo and the master system, um, the mega drive, there was, uh, Fight sticks. I mean, I think the original Nintendo also had a fight stick, but oh my God, who cares? So uh, on the Super Nintendo and the Genesis where good fighting games were, you had uh, fight sticks, which is, you know, like a tiny arcade desk top thing, right? With this a joystick and then big buttons that you press with your fingers, not with your thumb. This game has, because it was designed for the original Genesis and the original Genesis shipped with a three button controller, the six button controller came later and most games just doubled up what all the buttons did, which was so dumb. Uh, They decided, okay, we need you to be able to do your special with one button press. We need you to be able to attack with one button press and we need you to be able to jump with a single button press. And they couldn't map jump to up because you have to be able to go in and out of the foreground so that the D-pad is strictly for movement. So they decided we will map one thing to A and B, and then we will map this other thing to B and C. And man, with my adult-sized thumbs, (laughs) I had trouble making those movements fire. The only time, and I know it's not the controller, and I know it's not the game, because if I turned my hand sideways and did it with my index finger and middle finger, I could make it work 100% of the time. Mm. So it was like, did I even know about this as a kid? It's in, <laughs> it's in the manual, but like, was I able to do this as a kid? Did I just mash my palm against the controller? Like it, it's, it's bad. I don't like it. It's not a good choice unless you're playing with a fight stick. 
then it probably felt great. So if you're playing this at home with a fight stick or on an arcade cabinet, then it probably felt great. But to do it with a Genesis controller, no good. Not yeah. at all. <laughs> Zero stars on Yelp. Would not recommend. Even 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 Max's mighty hands could not touch that. I assume. So Blaze is Blaze and, and Axel, but Max, his last name has to be Power, right? I just assumed his entire name, name is, is Max, Max. Like Cher? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's, it's like it, like axel smith and blaze johnson and max, max. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so no i, I agree and cosign on all that um the uh one one other thing and, and these are kind of throwaway notes but um uh one so there's a difficulty setting uh there's also dual mode you know so oh yeah like street street fighter mode like yeah. hidden inside the menu or yeah. not hidden but there yeah and so like that's I kind of like that because inevitably um, there would be times where you would probably like say, I just, I just want to slug it out with you, you know? And so instead of clearing a level full of bad guys and then slugging it out, you can just slug it out, you know, if that's what you want to do. So it, it it costs them none's money to make that mode. So, and they don't market it this way, but like newer fighting games often have the put me in a room where the background is a light gray grid so that I can see exactly how far my punch reaches and exactly how high I can jump because I'm going to go into tournament play and there's $10,000 on the line. (laughs) This is not anywhere near that sophisticated, but it does serve the same purpose. You could go into dual mode just to see how slowly Max really moves and how far Skate really can jump when he does his little dive thing. And you could use it as like safe practice space because the game, the main game is timed. So mm-hmm. even after the enemies are defeated, you can't just stand there like an idiot. You got to move on. Um, yes. Agreed on all fronts. Um, your power move uses health. Uh, I think that that's important because otherwise, why would you ever use anything but your power move? You know, it's not um, slow enough to not use it, you know, because a lot of times it's like, oh, well, yeah, you could use your power move all the time, but you move slow as dirt. It's like, no, it, it moves pretty fast and is very powerful, you know, so I kind of like that trade off because the idea then is you only really use it in situations where you are likely to lose more health by not using it, you know? So definitely when we were, especially with bosses, right? Because you're going to get all your health back afterwards. Anyways, I don't sometimes, I don't think that's true on the harder difficulties. Yeah, no. Cause I remember definitely making that gamble <laughs> before the uh, baseball thing where I was like, I'll get my health back. And then nope. nope. Uh, but that being said is that, uh, yeah, you know, where you'd be fighting a boss and then you just, slam into them you know felt good uh there's delicious garbage food uh you know which is kind of a trope of these games there's delicious food inside things that clearly don't have enough volume to hold the chicken yeah like street barricades like on sawhorses with a single two by four (laughs) across them i kind of like i really want to know how some of the arcade cabinets smelled having roasted chicken in them (laughs) for an indeterminate amount of time yeah they're always fresh roasted chickens too yeah it's not oh you know which means somebody's replacing the chicken no you there's this is the dumbest headcanon but just (laughs) (laughs) follow me on this um you can occasionally transmute things into roasted chicken so it's not that the roasted chicken is inside it's that like occasionally and I know it's always the same places in every level, which yeah. is why this wouldn't work. But occasionally you can transmute this bar chair into a roasted chicken or an apple or bars of gold. Right. Yeah. So, th- so it's not inside the, the, the arcade cabinet. You smash the arcade cabinet and you reconstitute its atoms into a roasted chicken. Well, <laughs> I feel like such a 
goddamn moron even just saying that out loud. <laughs> well, yeah, either that or there's frozen chicken, right? And you hit it so hard that it cooks the chicken, you know? Ooh. Oh, you know what it could be? Uh, it's that plus uh, in Back to the Future 2, the dehydrated pizza. Mm. It's like the size of like a hockey puck. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets reconstituted, it's like an extra large pizza. Yeah. That's how they fit it in there. Yeah. So it's a it's a tiny dehydrated like flash frozen chicken and the might of max's fist yes reconstitutes it into a full-sized fresh roasted yes, chicken. because you punch it so hard that it cooks it and you're punching so hard that you're compressing the water vapor in the air to create water yeah, in and, order and to hydrate it yes. and hydrate it yeah. yeah all right yeah no now i'm in <laughs> it, it took some more chopping but we got there uh, um and then the the one final um thing uh and this is a slightly more than a throwaway note but is that you you don't share continues. And initially we were like, yay, you don't share continues. But I thought about that and I, and, and I've changed my tune, um, which is that you, you don't share continues. And the reason why we were happy was because that meant that we both had two continues or you just pool continues. Right. Uh, in the sense of the, the reason why I don't think that it's the call here is because uh, when we were playing on very hard, you were playing remarkably better than I was, <laughs> which means that literally I died and you had only used one continue so you had like effectively eight lives left you know so i was like well i guess i'll don't make a drink you know so I, uh, yeah. yeah so i don't think that that's in a game that is made for co-op i always like it better when they do a thing where bringing player one back is damaging to player two you know mm, yeah. uh, you know a lot of times like you know i'll hit start and then i get come back with half my life left but i take up half of your remaining life also too one of my favorite ones is like in enter the gungeon where um if player two dies or player one dies um the chest that would have a gun in it now has player two which is way worse because i'd be playing that with teddy and he'd be like dada look i'm back i'm like yay you're back son i could have used that weapon though (laughs) i wish you were a gun (laughs) (laughs) exactly because i'd be like you're gonna die again in two minutes i could use that gun for way longer than that so what you may be ferreting out is so we we did not check because that's not a thing we do here um i don't know if this series started in the arcade if it was uh like uh in parallel released in the arcade or if this just plays like an arcade game but was never actually in the arcade but regardless of which one of those things is true this continue thing smacks of arcade yes because it's quarters yeah right so we don't have continues pooled because we don't have quarters pooled right it's right i need you the person literally standing next to me to put more literal money into the literal machine and even if they didn't actually pull this game from the arcade which i I honestly don't think that they did but even if they did um that is a design decision that is reminiscent of i'm pulling this from the arcade right? right um i think Almost anything else would be better on a home console because it's like, you know, we we pool continues or we have infinite continues because, mm-hmm. oh, my God, who cares? I already, <laughs> pay, I already paid for the game. Um, also, uh, this is another thing that's like reminiscent of it came from the arcade design thinking is uh, you can dial up and down how many lives you have, but not how many continues you have because mm-hmm. the, 
how many quarters do you have? That's how many right. continues you have, right? So it, there's just it, it's one of those things that whether they literally ported it from the arcade or they just made a lot of arcadey decisions because it's a beat 'em up, it, it's just like ah. <laughs> because that's it's one of the few things that interferes with it feeling like a more modern experience. And Streets of Rage Four, which came out in the last few years pretty recently uh, i guarantee you handles continues differently since it was released directly to pc and home consoles yes um but yeah that's kind of kind of all i got you got any other heavy hitters nah we talk about how it heavy hitters we we, (laughs) we uh we could talk about how it held up so how to hold up uh for me i'm going to give this game a begrudging nostalgia monocle this game should be no nostalgia goggles required but the only thing that pushes it into Nostalgia Monaco for me, literally the one and only thing is sometimes, especially on the harder difficulties, you just get overrun and there's not a damn thing you can do about it because they wanted your quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Or they they learned from the design school of wanting your quarters. And that is, an, for me, instant experience ruiner. Hmm. Just there's nothing I could have done to escape that, right? There's no creative button combination i don't have a way to clear you know my surrounding area the button combination to defend myself when i'm being pinned down isn't great or some you know whatever the hitbox is slightly off so i should have cleared all the enemies away but instead i cleared all of them away except this one and then he murdered me like that's (laughs) that's something that modern brawlers have struggled to fine-tune because it's really hard when you have that like weird you know vanishing into the the background pseudo z-axis how do you decide where the hitbox starts and stops for the enemies for the player for special moves for weapons and it's it's hard it's not that it isn't a hard problem but the thing that pushes it from no nostalgia goggles to nostalgia monocle is you will care about that happening in single player Mm -hmm. so if you can play this game exclusively with other human beings no nostalgic goggles required. <laughs> if you're going to play it in your Sega Genesis collection on your Switch by yourself, nostalgia monocle. And I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I would actually give this no nostalgic goggle required simply because I believe that one of the core aesthetics to this game is community. So, you know, it, it would be like saying, you know, eh, Halo's not that great. Well, I mean, how do you play it? Well, I mean, I, I played through the single player mode like three or four times. I don't really like it. And it's like, well, have you ever played it with friends? No. You know, so... I think that this game, most brawlers, but I mean, especially this one, it's just it's just made to be played with a second player. I mean, I had a when I was playing it by myself, literally, I was probably going to give it a nostalgia monocle or full nostalgia goggles because I'm like, this is so repetitive and I don't care, you know. But then when you and I were playing it, I had a blast, man. So. I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done before. (laughs) I'm going to change it. And, And here's why. And you know what I really appreciate is you could just edit. Yeah, and, good. Yeah, no, you know? no, no, I'm, I'm going to be honest because I, I think the thought process here is meaningful, which is um, radio edit. No, uh, <laughs> I, I think the, the thought process here is meaningful because uh, we had the opposite problem when we played GoldenEye. Mm. GoldenEye is a game that was designed to be played single player that has a co-op mode, which is the only fun way to play GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. This game is 
is a two player game that has a single player mode. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's fair to penalize it for the single player experience when the designers knew full damn well no, you are supposed to play this with your friend. That is the entire point of this game. So, yes, I'm going to say no nostalgia goggles required <laughs> if you play it correctly, which is with another person. Right. Yeah. So basically the game's made to be played with two players. You know, it has a one player mode. Uh, that's not the way to play. It. It'd be just like with like Overwatch, you know, you can play against AI. You yeah. can play against AI all day long. But... Single player in this is the practice mode yes. for two player. Yeah. So that way, you know, when you play with two player, you don't have the person saying like, Come on, Donovan, get your get your mess together. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would definitely say that, you know, like the the energy this this game puts forward into being a good game is that max power. It's the game, you know, you want to touch, but you cannot touch. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades black and you're left by yourself the fanfare is gone there's no player two there by your side to share victories won but as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while You gotta think back much less On how you saved the day 